You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Well, today is going to be a, a really great day for our church family, a fun day at 3 o'clock today. Uh, how many have ever been at a church family picnic at Agent Court? It's just amazing. I don't know what the people think of when they drive by and see all these people just uh, filling a parking lot, stuff for the, the, the children and the teenagers, uh, the adults, you know. Listen, it's, uh, don't anyone dare say, oh, I'm not going, it's too hot, all right? Don't anyone say that. Just listen, it'll be worthwhile coming just to see both Pastor Jonathan and I in shorts. And I, I haven't even asked Dr. Van what he's going to be wearing. I haven't even, I don't want to go there. Anyway, let's get together, have a great time, 3 o'clock today. You know, being Canada Day on a Sunday, what am I going to talk about? What should the message be? You know, I thought of 10 top reasons to be a grateful Canadian. I thought of that for a little bit, and I, I just for the fun, I googled 10 top reasons, and, and here's what came up on my computer screen, the very first page, 10 top reasons to change jobs, 10 top reasons to retire. Right on the first page, 10 top reasons to stop smoking weed, 10 top reasons to vote for Trump. They were on the same website. Anyway, they, th- there's even, look at this, 10 top reasons to move to Canada. It, it, it was right there on that page. Now, you, you and I have both heard, if we've lived in this country for any years, year after year, uh, they regularly tell us that we are either, depending on the criteria and who's doing the survey, we are either, uh, number one, the best country in the world to live in, Or secondly, we're on the short list of the best countries in the world to live in because of the quality of life and the different factors that they take in. We're told we have the best air quality, the funniest people, the, uh, we're told we have the most polite people. Remember last weekend I told you that Esther and I were on that uh, cruise going to ports in Ireland? And uh, one day I was coming around to go up the stairs on the uh, cruise boat and I ran right into a guy and we both said, oh, sorry, sorry. I said to Astro, I got to him, I I should have asked him if he was Canadian, eh? (laughs) Because we're told we're these polite people. 2017 voted the best travel destination in the world. Canada. And so I thought of speaking on that. And then I thought, well, you know, but it's, we're, we're Sunday Christians, church, and Canada, uh, what's the best nation in the world to live in as a Christian? I, I don't even know the answer to that because I know God's grace is there for, as Pastor Richard prayed, for every Christian that's on the planet today to live for him in their, in their country. But uh, here's what I can offer you today. Canada Day 2018, and that is 10 top reasons to be a grateful Canadian Christian. How many say, that sounds like a plan, all right? How many say, I hope the 10 top reasons go very, very quickly (laughs) to get to all 10 of them? All right, well, then let's get going. The first reason a lot of Canadians would know nothing about even if you went to, you know, the citizenship courses, they would have not talked about this, and that is our Christian foundations. If you and I walked up to the parliament buildings in Ottawa, our nation's capital, uh, the, the city that I was born in, 
and uh, spent the first part of my life in. If you and I walked up to the parliament buildings and we went to the east side and we looked up, we would see the inscription written in stone. We'd read these words. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. That's a quotation from Psalm 72, verse 8. You see, when the Fathers of Confederation were assembled to discuss terms for uniting the Canadian provinces, Leonard Tilly, a Christian, suggested the word dominion, because he'd found it in Psalm 72. Dominion is what he suggested for the new country. You can read a letter uh, signed by John A. Macdonald, Canada's first prime minister, explaining to Queen Victoria that it's based on Psalm 72, verse 8. Here's the whole verse. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the rivers to the ends of the earth. Do you know that that made it right into uh, Canada's official coat of arms? You know, when you see those Latin words and you wonder, what does that mean? It means from sea to sea. Now, if you walked over to the south window and looked up at the inscription, it would say this, give the king thy judgment, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Again, a quote from Psalm 72. And then if you walked over to the west window, you'd read these words. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29. Now, even more significant though, if you looked at, and all the legal profession people uh, will know this already, but if you look at our current Canadian Bill of Rights, it begins with these words. The Canadian nation is founded upon the principles that acknowledge the supremacy of God. These are the Christian foundations that uh, what the rest of our history has been built on. Now, my, my dad had responsibilities in his early years in Ottawa with the Royal Canadian Mount of Police, one of his responsibilities was to provide security for visiting dignitaries from other countries and even for some of our nation's uh, prime ministers. And that's why, uh, you know, one of my sons has a hand-me-down gift from my dad. It's a silver box from Gandhi's son. The other one has a pin from John F. Kennedy. How did they get them? Well, they were gifts to my dad as thank yous for providing security when uh, President Nehru of India and John F. Kennedy of the United States were in Ottawa and my dad was uh, helping provide security and was the bodyguard for, for some of them. That's why I look so, you know, anyway. So, uh, but his security responsibilities also included Canadian Prime Minister John Diefenbaker. And one morning, Prime Minister Diefenbaker was late for a meeting with a, a, an international dignitary. Our nation was facing some challenges at that time. And so my dad, being responsible for security, uh, went to the Prime Minister's residence, 24 Sussex Drive, all of Diefenbaker, the, our Prime Minister's wife, answered the door, and my dad explained that for security reasons, he needed to know where the Prime Minister was right now. She was hesitant, but she understood. And she explained to him that he, he, want, he got up early that morning to go to his church, a nearby Baptist church in Ottawa, to go in early for prayer. He wanted to pray. How many understand he wasn't there for a photo op? He was there to seek wisdom from God. 
But just a little snapshot there of just some of the foundations, you see, because those foundations are what leads to why we are a nation with the kind of freedoms that we have. When you understand the foundation, you can see, oh, that's where the freedoms come from. And that's the second reason we have to be a grateful uh, Canadian Christian today is our spiritual freedoms. If you and I lived in North Korea, where would we go to church this morning? If we lived in Syria, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Nigeria, almost any country in Northern Africa today, we certainly would not be doing what we have done in this room today. We would not be singing songs of gratitude and worship of our Savior Jesus. And we certainly wouldn't be listening to a public explanation of, of, from the Bible about what it is to live for Jesus in our nation. Christianity Today magazine recently listed the top 50 countries where it is most dangerous for you and I to live as a Christian. They said there's two top reasons for it. One is Islamic extremism. We, we know that. But in recent years, there's been a rise of ethnic nationalism, often mixed with religion that just oppresses. And, you know, an estimated, listen, last year, 90,000 people were killed for being Christians around the world. It's the third year in a row it, that modern persecution of Christians, that the rate has even uh, gone to a record high. But it's not about Christians being beheaded, killed, martyred, burning of churches, imprisonment of pastors, and being illegal to get together with other Christians. That's bad enough. But it's if you live there in these countries, it's that daily doing business. You know, everything from refusal of a permit to open a church, or for you, refusal to own property. Um, harassment. Can't get an education, can't get a job. A lot of Christians in these countries, simply because they love Jesus and live for him, they're unemployable. You know, in, in Canada, we think nothing about the freedom of inviting someone out to church. Pastor Jonathan and I were working on some series where we're going to give you opportunity to invite people out and, 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 and understand how, how it just makes sense to trust Jesus and take that step of faith in him. We think nothing of that. Esther and I, two months ago in Victoria, B.C., were having lunch with a pastor from Siberia that we, our church helps support, and he told us Pastor Ilya Bantiv told us that in Russia last year, get this, it became illegal to invite someone to your church unless you have, unless you're like the clergy, unless you have official documentation that allows you to do that. You know, what would it be like to live in one of these countries today and not have the spiritual freedoms that we have? And yet they're living for Jesus. Uh, Dr. Van and I both have a friend, a very dear friend, Dr. Brian Stiller. A lot of you would know me. This used to be his church home when he first came to Toronto from uh, Montreal. But he, he just wrote a book. It's called From Jerusalem to Timbuktu, just showing how, you know, in today, Christianity is not a North American, European thing, but Africa and uh, Latin America and parts of Asia is, is the new uh, True North, the center where most Christians are living today. But he wrote this. It's sort of self-explanatory. I arrived in Cairo, Egypt, just days after ISIS had beheaded 21 Egyptians in Libya. To the surprise of the Muslim community, 
Mothers of the slain men went on television and offered forgiveness to the killers of their sons. Pastors said that the next week, Muslims entered their churches, women in their customary clothing, intrigued to know why Christians would forgive. Story after story surfaced of young Muslims humiliated by the radical conclusion of their fellow believers, inquiring with interest about the gospel. Here, tragedy faced by loving and gracious Coptic mothers opened doors beyond what any form of evangelism initiative might have achieved. How many know if we were living there, God would give us grace? But how many are thankful that we have the freedoms that we have in Canada? Right on? The foundations, the freedoms, and then there's our comparative safety. Last year, Canada kept its place in the list of the 10 safest countries in the world to live. Did you know we're three times safer than the United States, six times safer than Mexico, multiple more times safer than most countries, including Russia, South Africa, Jamaica, and Spain? You know, and, and watch this now. When you live in a safe country, you're able to focus your time, your energy, and resources at doing a lot of constructive things. 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4, it's almost as if Paul is writing Timothy about this. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings. This includes prime ministers, presidents, all around the world, for, in your own country, for, for all of those who are in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. But notice the objective. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You see, a nation that is unsafe or in civil unrest is forced to focus its time, its energies, and its financial resources on what? Safety, survival, the military, providing security. A nation that, that enjoys this peace, and this safety is a nation that can focus its resources on constructive things like education, creativity, jobs, quality of life, and the environment. How many are grateful that you're a Christian in Canada today? You know, in a safe, comparatively safe country. And that sort of leads into the next reason that we have to be thankful. And that is Canadians' contributions to our world. Now, as I talk, the screen is just going to scroll through a list of the top 50 of the inventions and discoveries made by Canadians, all right? And, and a lot of us know, I'd heard, you know, Canadian invention, inventions and discoveries, everything from insulin, sonar, telephone, to Superman, basketball, and the IMAX. <laughs> I, I'd heard about that. And of course, the snowblower, snowmobile, anything to do with snow, <laughs> and hockey. I'd heard about that. But listen, if you just choose from this list, well, I guess paint roller I missed, but if you just choose the, the inventions or discoveries that start with the letter P, you get everything from peacekeepers, a pacemaker, prosthetic hand, and polio vaccine. Also, pablum, pexiglass, poutine, and peanut butter. <laughs> All by Canadians. And then, and then we, what about the contributions Canadians have made in the music world, arts, literature, business, sports, and even comedy, eh? 
And the way, and way then, uh, we, we can stop scrolling because I want to talk to you about something else. The, the way that Canadians seriously step up to help other nations in the world in their time of, of need. Last month, my wife and I were on a trip, and I was on my bucket list. I always wanted to go to the beaches of Normandy, and especially over to Juneau Beach, where where it was where the Allied forces landed and a strong contingent of Canadians among them, especially after what the tragedy in, in Dieppe up the French coast. And they landed there, and it was the beginning of the Allied forces pushing the Nazis out of Europe. And, uh, and, and, the Canadian, and you know, they had lined up, apparently, the Canadians along the beach there. there there's the beach. And, and they had them from province by province by province, as they are in Canada, except they got Saskatchewan and Alberta mixed up. I don't know who didn't know their geography. But they, they lined up there. And those kids, those young adults that landed, and Esther and I, we couldn't help but obviously think of our sons. What would it be if it was our sons? We have four grandsons. What if it were our grandsons? And so Esther just, you know, spontaneously just wrote, thank you. But, but, but we're a nation that, you know that those Canadian kids reached their objectives, more of their objectives, they got further inland than any of the other soldiers and military from any other nation. You know, just get in there and get it done. And they do it for the world. Just, there's something about that wonderful Canadian spirit that's characterized there. And so we, we, have, we have this contribution that we make to the world in so many ways. Then there's our passport. Our passport. Jesus said, go into all the world. Take the good news of the gospel to every nation. Every nation. So uh, this past week, I emailed the person who heads up the... World outreach, taking uh, the, the good news of Jesus to change lives to nations in the world. He heads up uh, uh, an endeavor that oversees 300 global workers in 59 countries for our Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada that we are so privileged to be a part of. Now, I asked the question, what are some benefits of you know, our global workers going into these countries with a Canadian passport? Here's, what he, here's part of what he wrote. Let me quote. He says, a Canadian passport helps us as we Canadians are perceived as peace-loving, humble people without an agenda to change culture, impose our agenda and practices on, on others. You know, a lot of you have experienced this. I, I did just traveling internationally a couple of weeks ago. And that is just the respect and the admiration and appreciation that people have when they find out that you're a Canadian. It's just instantaneous. And, and just that passport gives us entrance into all kinds of countries where we can bring the good news of Jesus to the people there. I, I was thinking about it, uh, Dr. Van. You remember how, um, remember how the Apostle Paul would pull out his, his Roman passport, his Roman citizenship? to get him entrance into a place, or sometimes to get him out of a prison. <laughs> but he'd pull out, he'd say, you know, did you not know I'm a Roman citizen? You, you see that in the book of Acts, where he would do that. Well, just like Paul used his Roman citizenship, so we can now use our Canadian passport to help give us entrance into countries to bring them the good news about Jesus. How many know that's something to be thankful for? All right, reason number six. What about our abundant resources? Now, 
You know, Israel, we've been there um, a number of times. And, and you've got, you know, three bodies of water, the dead, the red, and the med. <laughs> and then you have this one freshwater lake, one for a whole country. And Syria gets in on it. And, you know, the joining countries, they try and get water from it. Do you know how many lakes, do you know how many freshwater lakes Canada has? Do you know how many? Two million. Not one, two million. Matter of fact, we have 1% of the world's population in Canada, but we have 9% of the world's fresh water. Not to mention the mineral resources, gold, silver, nickel, copper, zinc, lead, iron, one that I can't pronounce. Anyway, it's uranium, potash, diamonds, forest, timber, wood. You know, I mean, how many countries in the world can you do this? I was thinking while I was up north, I, every year in the fall, I take a, a goodbye trip to a piece of land up there. And I, where can you go and dip your hand in the water, scoop up water and drink it where it's not polluted? And we, we just are so blessed in this land. Uh, Esther and I just read a book by a Canadian, Roy McGregor, who talks about our nation's rivers and uh, stories of how we, for too long, have taken our freshwater resources for granted. And uh, we're seeing some encouraging changes. But how many know, as Canadian Christians, God has blessed us with resources. Let's be good stewards of those resources. Let's be good stewards of them. And then there's our, this sort of fits into that too, our abundant beauty of creation. Listen to Romans. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, seen, being understood from what has been, what he's created, the beauty of creation, so that people are without excuse. Man, when you live in Canada, if you travel this land at all, you've got, we've got more than our share of evidence that there is a God who knows how to make beautiful things. We, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. I mean, um, we're, we're going to start scrolling through the provinces. We'll start at the Atlantic and go to the Pacific. But just as we're doing that, Canada's landscape is covered with snowy mountain peaks, Broad open plains, shimmering pristine lakes, and mighty roaring rivers, and endless forests. Do you know that we spend six time zones? We stretch 5,500 kilometers from the Yukon to Cape Spear, Newfoundland. We enjoy the world's largest coastline on three different oceans. And do you know what the problem is for, are you ready for a little bit of a correction? No? I'm going to give it to you anyway. Do you know what bugs me about most Torontonians? They think the borders of Canada end at the borders of the GTA. If you've gone past Whitby, you are, you know, wherever. You know, you're just way out there somewhere. If you go past Oakville, I mean, where are you? You know, it's just, it's just amazing. Listen, I've lived in Newfoundland, Nova Scotia. I'd spent months in PEI. Pastor Jonathan Shelley's roots are in New Brunswick. Pa Dr. Van has spent most of his uh, growing years in Quebec. There's the Prairie Provinces. I've lived in Alberta. I've spent months of my life in beautiful British Columbia. And we can all attest that we live in the most naturally beautiful, no makeup needed, country in the world. And so uh, both your lead pastor teaching, yeah, okay, we can give God thanks for that. 
We have more than our share of beauty, and so people can get out there. Uh, you know, I, I'm not working for a travel agency, but I'm saying, you know, you do need to get out more often. That's what I'm saying, all right? And then there's our spiritual future. Brian Stiller, in his book, showed that the church is in decline in North America and Europe, but you know what? It is growing exponentially in Africa, South America, and parts of Asia. And almost all of those new Christians identify as Pentecostals. In other words, they believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives, in their churches, and their world today. And the Holy Spirit is helping them live for Jesus and witness for him. Even in Canada, the growth of the Christian community, did you know this? It's not coming from people who were born in Canada. Most of the growth is coming from those who have immigrated from these countries where faith in Jesus is already on a huge increase. So I, I checked this out with Craig Burton, and he put me in touch with people who know the, the national uh, figures. And, and let me just quote from what they said back to me. They said, immigrants and new Canadians account for new churches in our Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada family at the rate of nearly two to one. Two, twice as many because of them. They said Spanish, Filipino, French, Aboriginal, African, Slavic, Korean, Tamil, and other. In other words, it's the newer Canadians and First Nations people that contribute most to the growth of our nation's Christian future. How many say, bring it on? <laughs> bring it on. May they come in and reach more and more Canadians for Jesus. And then reason number nine for why we have reason to be a grateful Canadian Christian is we get to practice the demographics of heaven in advance. The number of Canadians who were born in another country is now 20% and rising rapidly. 50% of, of Torontonians were born in a country other than Canada. Toronto has been for years and remains the most multicultural city in the entire world. More than New York, Los Angeles, or London, England, it's Toronto, the most multicultural city in the world. And we in our church family know this. Uh, Pastor Richard referred to it. But we have uh, over 80 different uh, nationalities. People are born in uh, nations other than Canada right here in our church family. And so when you read the last book of the Bible and it describes a scene in heaven, it goes like this. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Just praising Jesus that wherever land they've come from, He is the world's Savior. And most people in the world, you know, they're going to have to wait until they get to heaven before they have that experience. How many are grateful that all you have to do if you want to have that experience in Toronto is just show up at Agent Court on Sunday morning? <laughs> And you, you, you gather together with those that are grateful to Jesus for what he has done for them. People from every tribe of nation. So we're getting an advanced picture of what heaven is going to look like. And then reason number 10. Before I have a challenge for you, let me give you reason number 10. To be a grateful Canadian Christian, it is the country that allows us to have a church family like ours. Because, listen, I, I've traveled enough. 
I don't get out as much as Dr. Ben does, but we've traveled enough to see uh, that across Canada, some of the churches that have the nicest buildings have the fewest people. They may have inscriptions in stone, talking about dedication and commitment to Jesus. But you go in those churches today and very few of the next generation are attending. And they just, they just are, are fading away, fading away. And it's also true that churches across our land are attended, some of them are attended by just one ethnic group, or, and that makes a lot of things easier. Or just one generation, that makes a lot of things easier. Aging court is a multi-generational, multi-cultural, multi-preference, multi-clothing church. It is, is a church, which means every one of us has to give up something in order to have unity. But you know what? I mean, how many understand, let personal preference bow down before what brings us together. Jesus Christ is the Savior of every generation and every culture. Oh, that's what brings us together. That's what, and may that unity, because we know unity is not uniformity. We know that unity is that despite our differences, <laughs> we value above any preference or anything that we like or dislike, we love Jesus Christ above all. And that's what brings us together in unity. And that's why our church's mission is we exist to help people know God, love people, and impact our city. So those are the 10 top reasons for being a grateful Christian in Canada. Are you grateful? But I, yeah, okay, let's give the Lord praise for, for all the blessings that he gives us. We do, Lord. We sincerely thank you. But there's a challenge here because, do you know what? If you ask someone, and you know people in your workplace or where you study, or in your neighborhood where you live, your apartment or condo, if you ask them, what is a Christian? So oftentimes... They won't say, oh, they're a follower of Jesus. They're someone who just loves Jesus. Jesus has transformed their lives. He's their savior. They're compassionate people. They do a lot of good in our city. They, they do a lot of good around the world. You know, the, 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 they'll, they'll typically have in their heads what Christians are, not what they're for, but what they're against. How many know Jesus was known in his time on planet earth, not for what he was against, but for what he was for. He was for people who needed him. Didn't matter your socioeconomic, cultural, spiritual faith background. He was the savior. He was there for everyone that had spiritual hunger. Rich, poor, it didn't matter. He championed society's outcasts and marginalized the oppressed. He cared for hurting people, and he healed them supernaturally, body, mind, and spirit. So here's the challenge for Canadian Christians this Canada Day 2018. May Christians in Canada, may we here at Aging Court, be more known in our nation for what we are for and last for what we are against. May we be more known for what we are for, that we are for people. People coming to know love, real, lasting, sacrificial, genuine love. No one can do that like Jesus. No one has done it, proven it more than him. May we be known not just for having the life-changing 
words of the Bible inscribed on buildings and founding documents, but may we be known as having the life-changing words of Jesus inscribed on our hearts and visible in our actions. Amen? May that be what we're known for. May we be a church where generation, even after the next generation, should Jesus tarry, and Canadians yet to be can find Jesus here and can find a wonderful church family here. How many can say a good amen to that? May it be, Lord. May, may there be this church in Canada where we're so heavenly-minded that we do a whole lot of earthly good before we go to be with Jesus in heaven. Oh, I'm grateful to be in a nation and part of a church like that. It makes me want to say, thank you, Lord. But it also makes me want to pray that 10 years from now, if Jesus has not returned, that we would be a nation where people are free to find Jesus here. And we would be a church where Jesus could count on us to be reaching people here and around the world with the good news of the gospel, and that we would we would be salt and light and good representatives of Jesus Christ and known for what we're for here in our nation of Canada. You know, our our national anthem, we sang it at the beginning. It, It includes that prayer. God, keep our land glorious and free. God, keep our... You know, a lot of people don't know that that national anthem that we sing The words were taken from a poem of a Christian who included a number of verses. And in a few moments, we're going to sing and then we're going to pray. But the last verse of our national anthem, the poem that it came from, is actually a prayer. And it has these words, Ruler supreme, who hearest humble prayer, hold our, now you know where this word came from, dominion from the Psalms. Hold our dominion in thy loving care. Help us to find, O God, in thee a lasting rich reward. And waiting for the better day, we ever stand on guard. God, keep our land glorious and free. And you know, when we sing it, we could be at a hockey game and sing that, and we can be inserting that prayer in there, God, keep our land glorious and free. Amen. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.